Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Father Thomas Daly. He holds the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. He obtained a doctoral degree in sacred theology from the Pontifical Gregorian University in Rome. And today we're going to talk about his recent book, Behold This Heart, St. Francis de Sales and a Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus from Sophia Press. Thanks for joining us today, Father. You're quite welcome, Deacon. Um, so what was the inspiration to put this book together? Because I know it's got the novena in it. It really is a place of refuge for people to go and, and grow in their love for the sacred heart of Jesus. But what what uh, inspired you to put this together? Well, in, um, let's see, I guess it would have been May of 2020, May of last year. The church celebrated the 100th anniversary of the canonization of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, who, of course, is designated the Apostle of the Sacred Heart. And for that occasion, um, a year leading up to that date, the Sisters of the Visitation of Holy Mary, of which St. Margaret was one of them, celebrated a jubilee year for an entire year. They celebrated uh, the life and work of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. And because I'm connected with the Visitation Monasteries, I knew about that and took part in it and thought it would be a great occasion to write something which I hoped was a little bit different about the Sacred Heart. I mean, there's a lot of writings about the Sacred Heart. But this was really to connect uh, St. Margaret Mary and the the longer Salesian tradition and worldview about the Sacred Heart. Well, it is, uh, it's, I, I appreciate you putting it together. It is done very well. And it does really, thank you. It does really bring us and really reminds us that, look, we need to, we need to have a relationship with the sacred heart of Jesus. I mean, that, that's the love that he had for us, the humanity, the divinity. It really, if we're looking for love in other places, we're going to be out of luck, aren't we? <laughs> that's true. That's, uh, that's what it all, it's all about looking looking for love and um, finding it really because it, it's Jesus offers it to us. In fact, that was kind of the, <clears throat> the fundamental vision of St. Francis de Sales, his view of the world um, ultimately would be a world of conjoined hearts. He called it not only human hearts, but most especially the heart of God with the heart of humanity. And so with that kind of within that, that context, that vision, that uh, the tradition of the Sacred Heart arose. Well, and St. Francis came along right about 100 years before St. <laughs> Margaret Mary. And you have, you know, this book is really focused on St. Francis de Sales and his devotion to the Sacred Heart. So, you know, even before St. Margaret Mary, this was, this was really an important part of the spiritual life of St. Francis and a lot of others, too, wasn't it? Yes, very much so. Um, Obviously, with St. Margaret Mary, the devotion as we know it today took shape. So, for instance, the introduction of a, of a universal uh, feast day or solemnity, really, for the Sacred Heart. But the, the idea of it and the, the, the importance of it was, is part of that longer Salesian tradition that St. Margaret Mary would have been steeped in 
Yeah. And exactly, you know, her, you know, and, and we have the picture. I mean, I have one here hanging on my wall today. I mean, it's everyone should. It's a great reminder with the crown of thorns around Jesus's heart. Mm-hmm. And the reminder mm-hmm. is, you know, whether it's this, you know, and it's, it's interesting, right? The sacred heart of Jesus happens, what, 19 days after Pentecost. And then immediately after mm-hmm. that is the immaculate heart of Mary. And many of us have devotions towards, you know, the seven sorrows of Mary, where it's her heart with seven swords pierced in it. Whenever we see a heart, there's pain involved because love is tough, isn't it? Uh, it, it is. And it, it, it's so painful precisely because it's so fundamentally important to us. Um, you know, our, our hearts break, so to speak, because we care. <laughs> if we if we didn't care or didn't love, it would not be as painful. I mean, that's that's the imagery of the sacred heart that God has so loved the world that his heart was pierced, um, you know, run through with a sword, literally, uh, right. for the love of humanity. So, you know, really, and, and, and in this today's culture, right, we're dealing with, you know, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. I mean, you got attacks on Asians, Asian Americans, attacks on Jewish Americans. I mean, there's a world that appears to be full of hate because people have pulled back from the love of Jesus Christ. And they really need to know that Jesus won the war. And if we want that peace, that love, that joy, those first three fruits of the spirit, it really can be found in the sacred heart and the love of Jesus, right? Absolutely. I mean, re- respect for life of, of every life, all life, you know, begins with the recognition, I think, that, um, you know, we share this human life. And fundamental to that human life, what makes us distinctive as human beings is our, our hearts, not in the physical sense of the organ, but in, in, the, in the anthropological sense of, of, of what makes us unique as human beings. And the key to our faith is the recognition that God shared that very human nature and therefore shared that very human heart. You know, we wouldn't have you know, the anarchy that we see today, if people realized that the love they're looking for is found in Jesus, it's so many people are looking in all the wrong places and really have a warped definition of what love is anyway, right? The evil one has done a great job of watering it down so much that people, you know, we love cheeseburgers, we love our car, (laughs) we've lost the whole understanding that love is, you know, to will the good of the other, not to will the good of a cheeseburger in my stomach. <laughs> right. As I used to tell my students, you know, love, love is by definition mutual. And, you know, as, as, as much as you love your pets, they're, they're, they can't love you back in the same way. Um, so using that, that terminology of love. But here's, here's where I think uh, that the sacred heart is, is so powerful, precisely because it's that imagery of the actual human heart of Jesus that reminds us uh, not only of our own hearts physically, that we have one, that, that, that it's, it's central to who we are, but that it's in hearts that are united in love that we, we, we find our greatest fulfillment. And that's, you know, you mentioned the human heart. It's a, re- it's a reminder to all of us that Jesus' heart was human, right? He was human and divine, had a human heart. And, and to grow in that love and to, and to put ourselves in that, um, in that 
a place where we can appreciate the heart of Jesus is really transformational and will change our lives if we do it, won't it? Very much so. And and essentially that's that's the 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 basis of and the fruit of prayer, um, a meditative kind of prayer. We tend to, I think naturally we tend to um distance God from who we are. You know, God is obviously greater than who we are. But praying about the real humanity of Jesus, who is also fully God, fully human, that I think connects us or, or, or unites us. And the the most fruitful way to do that, if not also the easiest way to do that, is to connect with his human heart. And to connect with Jesus, I mean, obviously we read scripture, you mentioned prayer, but I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine any better place than going to adoration and being in front of Jesus and meditating on his sacred heart. Definitely. And and the, the whole tradition of, of First Friday adorations is part and parcel of that tradition of the sacred heart. It's one of the first things that Jesus asked of St. Margaret Mary when he appeared to her was that she would spend an hour before the Blessed Sacrament in prayer the night before the first Friday of the month. And, you know, we were talking about transformation, right? St. Francis de Sales was kind of a hothead, right? He got irritated. He got angry. You know, it was through his devotion to the Sacred Heart that he lived the life of humility and gentleness and meekness, right? It really did change his life. Well, uh, he, he certainly had, he was prone to anger when he was young. Right. Um, when he was, actually, when he was a college student at the University of Paris, he had this, uh, this experience of God's love. And it was that, I think, it was, that experience profoundly changed him and, 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 was the basis for his very positive, optimistic, hopeful kind of uh, outlook and teaching and writing. And, and, and so that experience of being loved by God, um, what we would call an experience of the Sacred Heart, is what indeed uh, affected him so greatly. So, you know, we talked about, you know, being transformational and changing. Like we have a lot, and we mentioned earlier, we have a lot of angry people in the world that think that burning and shooting and doing all these things are our way to do it. And look, people who see it get angry because they see this is our country. What can mm-hmm. they, what, how would reading your book give them a different view, put them closer to Jesus and his sacred heart and, and really remind them of the, you know, the love that created them and, and the love they need to really nurture in their own lives? Well, I think one of the, uh, one of the features that I tried to include in the book, excuse me, is uh, meditations on the gospel passages that highlight Jesus's own heart. And if you look at, at you know, some of the situations he had to deal with, you know, there was anger and there was hatred and there was there was violence in his world, you know, as much, if not more than in ours. And how he responds, how his heart responds to people in need, uh, to people demanding things of him, to people literally crucifying him, how he responds, how his heart responds um, is is 
fundamental, I think, to our our Christian approach to the way the world is. And I think the the more we can get in touch with how that divine human heart works, then the more our hearts can be changed. And isn't it, you know, I know a lot of people think, you know, wow, everything's terrible. But remember, Jesus won the war. He loves us. That's all we really need. He always walks with us. But when we look at our lives today and we think, look at the world, it's easy to say, wow, things are terrible and think that everything was great before, right? Things weren't, haven't been great in Jesus's time. Or any time thereafter, there's always been problems, even during St. Francis de Sales time, right? There was a lot of uh, debate and argument and anger within the church, outside the church. So we're not living in a unique situation, are we? No, I don't think so. I think it's, it, it's part of our human lot in life. And it's into the midst of that, that Jesus comes with the heart of God. And so I think the more we can make ourselves aware of that heart, make ourselves appreciative of that heart, the more our hearts are going to change. Is that going to change our world overnight? Of course not. It hasn't in the 2000 years since Jesus. But I think, you know, one by one, the more our hearts change, the more the world will change. Well, and our hearts have to change, right? In the end, our goal should be to get to heaven. And if we think we're going to do right. that, not not embracing the sacred heart of Jesus, not embracing his love and living a life of humility, then you know what? We're, we're going to be sadly mistaken at the end. Right. And I think that begins with the recognition that no matter what we do, we can't kind of, you know, earn our way into heaven or achieve our way into heaven. It's by the recognition of the salvation that God brings. It's by the recognition of of Jesus's heart towards us that our heart responds to that. You know, in, 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 in John's writings, in his letters, he emphasizes this, you know, that it's not that we have loved God, but that first God has loved us. It, it's, it's that God has loved us part that I think we we easily forget. Yeah, I think also people forget, you know, the the Bible, you know, Old and New Testament is the greatest love story of all time, <laughs> but it's not us chasing Jesus, it's us, him coming after us and us running away. Exactly, right, right. And in a sense, that that was, if you could boil it down to, to, to a sentence or two, that was the message that Jesus revealed to St. Margaret Mary. Here's, here's my sacred heart that has so loved the world, and nobody seems to be responding to it, you know, would be a modern uh, idiom for saying it. Um, and it, it is, it's in the very sense that God so desires to love human beings, if we would allow ourselves to be loved by God, um, life, would, life would change dramatically. So in the book, there's there's the nine day novena. Um, what do you hope or, you know, what do you want people to take away when they when they do this novena? You know, just don't do it and, you know, think, hey, everything's going to change. How can how can if they really immerse themselves in this novena, how can it change them and what would that change be? Well, I think the the, the entire history of the Sacred Heart Devotion 
tells us that the more we the more we come to appreciate God's love for us, which is manifest for us in the heart of Jesus, the more we um, and, and we appreciate that by adoring him, the more we can do that, the more, um, to use Francis de Sales's term, the more pliant our hearts get. The, 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 they, they open themselves to being loved and therefore also to love. So I think the, you know, the outcome of, of these meditations, while they could have, while they certainly should have practical resolutions, you know, doing good and loving others, right? The 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 affective dimension, the the the, the peace that can come of this, the the recognition uh, that that generates uh, a, a kind of humble confidence, um, the the the, the realization that even with my sinfulness, um, God still loves me, um, that can be, that can be life-changing. Um, and, and I hope it is for, for people who, who, who enter into these meditations. Well, and I think, you know, I think that's such a good reminder for people. I also think, you know, it, it's, it's a great reminder that you had talked about earlier, right? Look, Love is painful, right? There, it, it involves, you know, more than one person. Uh, if somebody, it has the other person, you know, hopefully loves you back. But the reminder is, if, even if you embrace the sacred heart of Jesus, you immerse yourself, it doesn't isolate you. And I think looking at the Immaculate Heart of Mary, looking at the seven sorrows of Mary, who no, no, no human on earth could have loved Jesus more or understand his heart more, didn't really you know, keep her from pain in her life. So we need to understand that there's still going to be pain, right? It's just that this is a transformational, uh, hopefully upon us and how we see things and how we, in our relationship with Christ. Exactly. And I think, and I hope that this devotion to the sacred heart gets folks to realize that the pains which we will inevitably experience in life, are are enveloped by, are are transcended by, um, are less than, if you will, the the love that God has for us. So so yes, the Sacred Heart is wounded and pierced, uh, stops beating there on the cross, so to speak, and yet Jesus rises from the dead, and 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 that new eternal beating of the sacred heart is 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 bigger than any pains that he suffered and and so the 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 suffering that comes with love if if we can remember that the love part is always bigger uh and more valuable than the suffering part uh it it doesn't do away with the suffering but it certainly puts it in i think it's it's proper place It, it it puts it in a in a lesser place because God's love for us is greater than anything we can do or suffer. Yeah, it does put things in proper perspective, doesn't it? And I think, you know, that's what I thought found so helpful about your book, looking at it, was it really is a reminder of how, you know, we're not changing Jesus. We're going to change ourselves, but we do that by accepting his love and understanding that love can be messy, but that that's, that's what life is, right? Love is, yeah. life and, is tough and, you know, we're trying to get to heaven and 
he said, you know, look, if, you know, know that if the world hates you, it hated me first. So let's not uh, live in this little fantasy land that, you know, this prosperity gospel that's going around out there. This is tough. And in the end, right, he opened up heaven, his humanity and divinity during the ascension opened up heaven so that we can be with him for eternity. Indeed. Uh, put very simply, love always wins. It, it, it's sometimes it's hard to see that finish line or, or hard to, to realize that, especially when you're in the midst of suffering and pain. But the whole point of the resurrection, the whole point of Pentecost is that the fire of God's love always wins and, and, and therefore can purify and transform anything that we go through. Well, and that reminds us the pain, right? This redemptive suffering is because of the heart of Jesus, the love of Jesus, right? Otherwise, there'd be no redemption. We would just suffer, but it's because of his love. And he knows that we need a purification because of our, you know, stain of original sin and, you know, our, our you know, constant failings. But, you know, it, it kind of ties it to, you know, the divine mercy, right? And, uh, and, and how much mercy and love he has for us. Exactly. And the, the, the redeeming and the purifying come from him. That, that I think, is the, is, the, is the point of emphasis. It's, it's mm -hmm. his suffering that redeems us, not our suffering. I mean, our suffering right. joins into that, participates in that. But it's really the, the, the depth of divine love that redeems us and purifies us and transforms us. It's not our uh, the the effort that we put forth in doing that our, our love is a response to God's love for us and God's love for us is always greater than any of our imperfect responses right and I think you know the reminder that God is love right that the love between mm -hmm. father son and father son and Holy Spirit, preceded all of us, and we were created out of that love, and he never stops loving us. Even when we do the dumbest things, he never stops loving us, does he? Thank thankfully, because <laughs> yeah. we yeah, do a lot of dumb things. A long time ago, Father. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think, uh, and again, you know, St. Francis de Sales got it, St. Mary, Margaret got it, uh, you know, this is, St. Margaret Mary, excuse me. Um, we need to get it too, and it needs to be part of our lives. Everyone should have a picture of the Sacred Heart in their home. Everyone should focus on how do I draw closer to that love of Jesus that he has for us? Because in the end, isn't when we grow in the love that Jesus has for us, doesn't that expand our ability to love others the way we should? Absolutely. I mean, love by its nature is expansive or the technical term is ecstatic. It's because God the Father loved the Son in the love that is the Holy Spirit that God created us. His love has to go out of himself, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, that certainly that certainly works as well with us. And uh, I, I think one of the keys and, and one of the reasons this devotion has been so popular is precisely what you just said about having the imagery that we can we can focus on even even a passing glance or a really sort of intense meditative focus the 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 power of this devotion is very much resides 
in the power of the imagery, which is something I try to explain in the book. Um, mm-hmm. And that that <clears throat> that ability to see the heart that loves us so much touches us, affects us, and hopefully transforms us. I know it. I know it affects me, and I know when I look at it and I see the crown of thorns put on there. You know, I imagine it's my sinfulness that put those thorns on there, and 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 it reminds me of my sinfulness, and reminds me, as we were talking about earlier, even though I'm a knucklehead, the Lord Jesus still loves me and will continue to love me. It's just that He wants me to grow in that love for Him, so that I can share that love, and that's really the message, right? Is it's not only to Hey, it's just a love fest between me and Jesus. It's to share this in the world, and wouldn't that transform the world? Definitely, that, that, that's certainly idea. And and the the imagery of the heart, you know, with with the crowns of thorns, you know, if you if you look at the imagery, the heart, of course, is central and is bigger. And 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 even mm-hmm. though it is impacted by those thorns, it's the the beating love of the heart. That is is the greater power, and that power certainly is something that is to be shared with every human being who similarly has a human heart. So certainly that 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 power of love is is expansive and is meant to be. Um, you know, again, when the, the Francis de Sales's ultimate vision of things was this world of conjoined hearts. You know, when, when when our hearts start beating together as one, I mean that that's what unity is. That's what that's what society is. That's what community is. Um, you know, our they don't at the moment. You know, where our hearts are all beat sort of differently. Um, you know, among different people and and for different reasons. But if, if we can all get in sync with that that beating of the divine heart, then we will all be united. Well, and the reminder you mentioned earlier, right? Jesus's heart was pierced by a sword. What came out of that, right? The blood and water, the Eucharist and the water of baptism. I mean, geez, what what else could he give us other than himself and then the cleansing waters of baptism from the stain of personal sin? (laughs) Sure, absolutely. So, Father, where can people get this book? Well, certainly uh, the Sophia Institute website, sophiainstitute.com. Um, they are the publisher, but it's also available in any any uh, online bookseller or any Catholic bookstore. Um, wherever you would get good Catholic books, I think you'd be able to find this. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.